1: Welcome to the Fans First Sports Network 2023 NFL Draft Preview Coverage. My name is Jeremy Betts. I'm joined by Andrew Wilbar. We will be going division by division answering the most important questions like team needs, players to watch, and more. We're going to start in the AFC, AFC East. Andrew, let me bring you in here. It's going to be fun. Are you excited?
0: Absolutely. The draft is just days away. Team needs are pretty much solidified. We've just seen recently how Baltimore has brought in Odell Beckham Jr. We may see a few more free agent signs before the draft, but ultimately these team needs are pretty much set. Teams are getting their draft board set. It's going to be a fun couple weeks
1: it is and we're going to break down these divisions each team uh we're do about a 20 minute episode uh on each division so about 5 minutes per team so andrew we're just going to jump right in so as not to waste any time uh and start in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills um they they've made some signings obviously that that affect what they're going to do in the draft uh one of their biggest uh Moves actually all offseason was re-signing Jordan Poyer. That was going to be a huge position of need if they weren't able to get him back, and he fits their defense so well. They also signed running back Damian Harris after losing uh, Devin Singletary, and then brought in guard Connor McGovern from Dallas to shore up an offensive line that struggled a little bit in 2022. All this leading to... Uh, A roster building where the the draft is going to come into play and just and just be really big for them and despite some of these signings um uh, team needs uh consist of offensive line uh we're going to get into that here um we're going to ask three questions about each of these teams uh so andrew i'm going to ask you i'm i'm going to get your 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 insight on this um what are The uh, question, question number one for the Buffalo Bills. What are the Buffalo Bills biggest needs heading into the draft? I think
0: you look at wide receiver. I know there have been rumors surrounding uh, Stefan Diggs and the potential of him being traded. Regardless of whether that happens or not, there is not a bunch of depth behind him. When you look at Gabriel Davis, a guy who's shown flashes of greatness, but from week to week has not been consistent, not near as consistent as what we had thought. Part of it, he's just not been as big of a part of the game plan as many people had expected. They brought in Khalil Shakir, who I was high on last year and really like as a slot receiver. But still, they could afford to add an extra option. They lost some of their depth at tight end in free agency, and they haven't uh, replaced it yet. So I think a pass catcher is something that has to be addressed early on. You, you also look at linebacker. They brought back Milano, but they did not bring back Tremaine Edmonds, and that is a big loss. They did play separate roles yeah. on the defense and they're still going to be looking for their middle linebacker who can do it all. There's not a bunch of them in the draft, however.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, these, these needs obviously kind of top out what, what you're looking for um, losing Tremaine Edmonds, big deal for them, um, especially how he played down the stretch and really coming into that role. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of talk about some specific prospects that we'll get to uh, being uh centered on on the bills or or the bills being centered on this player um so let's talk about let's ask another question here though question number two what is what is like the under the radar sneaky need for this bills team heading into the draft
0: i would say a defensive tackle ed oliver is not under contract through 2024 Jordan Phillips, he's 30 years old. He's just on a one-year deal. I think defensive tackle is a position that's going to need to be addressed sooner rather than later. Again, though, just like linebacker, you and I were talking before we came on, defensive line is not the strongest at the top after Jalen Carter. And you have some guys in that late first, early second round that could be in play for them. Javon Dexter, Mozzie Smith, Keanu Benton. But once you get to the later portions of day two and day three, there's not a bunch of late round options, not near as many as there are at edge rusher
1: yeah i agree with you it's it's one of those positions where you're gonna have to probably get them earlier than you than you might want to if you want somebody that can be an impact player earlier in their career um okay question number three then for the bills players then that makes sense at pick 27 for them you mentioned um a couple a couple guys uh, along the D-line for that sneaky team need. But tell us who kind of fits what the Bills are looking for when, when you're looking at their top needs going into pick 27. I would say Osiris Torrance.
0: Like you said, they did add a guard in free agency, but yeah. they could still afford to add a little bit extra to the offensive line. The other guard spot is still a little bit up in the air. When you look at Osiris Torrance, he's one of the safer picks in the draft. He's a true plug-and-play starter at guard. One of the issues with Buffalo the past few years is that they have not been able to get the running game started, and a lot of people point the fingers to the running backs, but at the same time, their offensive line has not been built to run block. Adding a guy like Torrance, who can pass block as well, but is known for paving the way in the run game and being a lead blocker in the run game, that could be huge for guys like James Cook. Maybe they add somebody else in the draft as well. But I think when you look at the Buffalo Bills, if they want to improve their run game and become a more balanced attack on offense – you have to look at a guy like Osiris Torrance, that later portion of the first round, but Zay Flowers, wide receiver, he his stock is moving up, yeah. very fast. Right, I wouldn't shock me if he goes right up with Jackson Smith and Jigba's. You know, the one A, one B. I don't know which one's going to end up going first, but those two guys seem to be the hottest wide receiver names right now. But you also could consider a Michael Mayer. Buffalo liked running two tight end sets when they had other guys like OJ Howard, Tyler Croft, guys like that. They don't have those guys anymore. They don't have any depth yeah. at tight end. Maybe they add a guy like Mayer if he happens to fall to the later portion of the round and then at linebacker. That's where this is the portion of the draft, Jeremy, where we're going to be starting to see linebackers come off the board, whether it be Trenton Simpson, a guy who doesn't have quite the size of Tremaine Edmonds, but has the range that Edmonds had. Or you go yeah. like a guy with Jack Campbell who has the size and the run-stuffing ability, but a guy who doesn't have the greatest speed and when you watch him on tape, he does get beat in coverage a good bit by more athletic running backs, tight ends, yeah. and wide receivers.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of of chatter about Jack Campbell, potentially in the latter portion of the first round. I believe he's training with Luke Keekly, uh this offseason who has been um, – is well known and and appreciated in that bill's room where sean mcdermott is the head coach uh so that could be something to keep an eye on in the latter portion of the first round a guy who tested pretty well at the combine despite some concerns about uh his overall speed and everything let's move on to the next team in the afc east the miami dolphins they have uh They made one of the biggest swings of the offseason in a trade for cornerback Jalen Ramsey to shore up their defensive backfield. Uh, They also brought in safety Deshaun Elliott from Detroit and signed linebacker David Long from Tennessee. I'm going to go ahead and ask these same three questions to you, Andrew, uh, about the Dolphins. Uh, Question number one, what are the Dolphins' biggest team needs heading into the draft?
0: The offensive line has to be addressed. Austin Jackson is not entirely panned out at... Offensive tackle, and you have the Liam Eichenberg, another guy who they invested in, has not lived up to potential either. So you have to question, you know, do they have the faith that he's they're going to become something at some point? Or is it time to just cut the cord, move on, go ahead and draft another offensive lineman early with that forfeited first round pick? They're not picking until day two, and that's gonna hurt them because yeah. on day two, some people are talking about this offensive line class is deep. You and I, Jeremy, we've talked about this before, Neither, but neither of us are huge fans of this offensive line class as a whole. Right, And that may force them to go another direction. You look at linebacker, tight end, there's a lot of positions that Miami could address, but there's no position that you look at and say, they have to address this or else, you know, blah, 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 blah. I would say tight end is going to be addressed early on for sure, just because of Mike McDaniel's offense and how much he prioritizes it.
1: Yeah, and a good draft for tight ends, so it's a good yeah. time to need one of those. You're going to find one that can start for you probably in the second round. Where their first pick is, uh, what's the sneaky need then for for this team?
0: I say running back. Savan Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, they're injury yeah. prone. There's they just don't seem to fit the system. Now Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson know Mike McDaniel's system. Raheem Mostert is 31, I believe. Jeff Wilson's 27. He's battled with injuries as well. And this is an incredibly deep running back class as well. We can get in. We'll get into names in just a second, but any type of running back that you want, you can get on day two, maybe even into day three. There's some guys that we won't even get to today, but guys that nobody's talking about right now, that could be starting running backs in the NFL. You could find in the later rounds of this draft, which is incredible.
1: Absolutely. Uh, okay, no first round pick. We're talking some day two prospects then. Who are some day two prospects that make sense for the Dolphins? If they're going to go running back, they don't have to worry about the the concerns of, do you draft one in the first round? Because they don't have a right. first round pick. So they could target a running back in round two and nobody bat an eye. Who you got for him?
0: I think Sam Laporta makes a lot of sense. With the McDaniel connection to San Francisco, a guy who's worked with George Kittle, a former yeah. Iowa tight end, a guy who's been compared to Sam Laporta, Laporta is not there in the blocking game yet. He shows a willingness to, and I think he can get there at one point. He's not quite as athletic as George Kittle, but I will tell you this. If he were two inches taller, he would be a dead set first round pick without a doubt. He's only six foot three, a little over six foot three, but man, he can do a little bit of everything. And I think he would be an ideal fit. Luke Musgrave is another guy that's been uh, considered as someone who could be a fit for McDaniels offense. Offensive line, if they decide to go that route, Blake Freeland is a guy with a bunch of potential. When you yeah. look at a, their situation with Austin Jackson and Liam Eichenberg, maybe they decide to wait on him, but bring in competition for them. It's is not necessarily something they have to do, like we said, but it's a position that if you want to keep Tua protected, you want to prioritize it early on. So maybe they go like a guy with Freeland who has a bunch of potential, but very technically unsound. And that's pointed <laughs> very lightly. But at running back, two of my favorite day two guys are Chase Brown and Israel Ibaniconda. Yeah. Those guys, I think, are three down backs in the NFL. But if you're looking for a scheme schematic uh like a true schematic fit, I think Devana Kane from Texas AM makes a lot of sense in that second round for Miami.
1: Some speed there in those those three guys absolutely could be on the docket for the Miami Dolphins, who, if not for a quarterback situation to end the year, uh could have been a dangerous team heading into the playoffs. Miami Dolphins fans have to be excited about what they could potentially be in 2023. A fan base that is probably a little nervous about what their team could be in 2023. That's the New England Patriots. Uh, they've made some moves, though. Uh, brought in wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, former chief, former Steeler, and he's going to provide... Uh, immediate production in the middle of the field, be a security blanket type target for Mac Jones, whoever's going to be quarterback for the Patriots. Um, they brought in tight end Mike Gesicki. I like that move for them. He's a guy that probably, uh, operates in in a way that bill belichick will will enjoy as a guy who can really just catch passes line up in the slot and and be that guy for them and then they brought in running back james robinson after losing damian harris to a division rival they needed to uh, add some depth behind um ramondre stevenson and they got james robinson who has been perennially underrated as a running back can he keep it up though that's going to be the question. Here's my question to you, Andrew. What are the team needs for the New England Patriots?
0: Offensive tackle has to be considered. They've lost pieces there. You look at right tackle. I mean, you can honestly look at left tackle as well. They Both position, both spots on the line are unsettled at this point. When you look at their roster, I'm just looking at the offensive linemen that they have in right now. Even their interior doesn't look extremely enticing. But Riley Reef, is he going to start at right yeah. tackle? You know, you definitely don't want him at left tackle. So I think you you look at corner as another spot, they were able to retain Jonathan Jones, which was huge for them, but they, it's so hard with Bill Belichick's defense because perennially, it seems like they could afford to add another pass rusher, but they often choose not to because Bill Belichick finds his pieces that he just uses and keeps them fresh. He just rotates his depth guys in and out. And, you know, Josh Uche is a guy who's developed and is becoming a really good player. So I think they avoid edge, but I think, Offensive line, corner, and maybe even a wide receiver, even though they brought in Juju, still a position that they should be looking at.
1: What's the the under-the-radar sneaky need for this team?
0: I put in tight end only because of how the tight ends are utilized. You mentioned Gisicki, a guy in the slot. Hunter Henry, a guy who is not really a great blocker. I could see them going for a blocking tight end in the middle rounds of this draft. Look at a guy like Davis Allen from Clemson, a guy who's relatively athletic outside of his speed and a guy who's got good hands, but a guy who is one of the better inline blockers in this class.
1: I like Brenton strange in that role yeah. out of Penn state as well and showed he can catch the ball and move a little bit at the combine
0: up to day two pick probably. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, okay. Give us then the players that make sense where the Patriots are picking at number 14.
0: The three tackles are going to be pegged to them a lot, but I would also throw Darnell right in there. And Ooh, yeah. I think at this point he's, there's almost the top four tackles. I loved watching Darnell Wright, and when I was at the scouting combine, I was near the podium when he was doing his interview, and he was explaining to the media his different approach to different types of edge rushers. He's, he was explaining this to the media. He's like, there's only three things that a pass rusher has, and they can only use two at once. at hmm. speed, power, and finesse. You can, no edge rusher can use all three at once, and he's going to and explaining what he does, how he shifts his body. You know, I'm going to use a shield for this guy who's going around with speed. I'm going to open up my stance for a guy who's going to come with me at me with power. Like he's explaining the X's and O's of the game and his it's approach. Cerebral
1: player, absolutely.
0: He seems to be the perfect type of guy that Bill Belichick would love. So I could see him there. Zay Flowers, they just flew him in overnight yeah. uh, for a private meeting. So there could be some interest there as well.
1: Uh, JSN. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think could be somebody on their radar. Although Juju Smith Schuster is kind of that type of role player for them. But if they see him as a guy who can move outside, then uh, that could be an option. All right, let's move on to the New York Jets. They brought in wide receiver Alan Lazard and uh, traded for Chuck Clark from uh, the Ravens to bolster uh, some positions on the offense and defense. Obviously the Aaron Rodgers drama is is all the rage there in New York. So, you know, that's going to be like that's going to be the storyline for them until that gets resolved. But let's move into uh obviously the the three questions here uh first off being what are what are the Jets' top needs um if you consider the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be playing there in 2023.
0: I think offensive tackle. You got to protect Aaron Rodgers if you bring him in. Makai Becton has not been reliable. You yeah. also look at safety. Even though that they they brought in other pieces at safety, they still don't have that guy in the back. Yeah. I could see them adding some additional depth there. And you look at another position like tight end. I, this is kind of the sneaky need. So it's just going to kind of combine the two here. Sure, the tight end is another position. I know Aaron Rodgers hasn't always utilized the tight end as much as some people have thought he should have when he actually had good tight ends. <laughs> but I think it's a position that the Jets should address. It's been a long time since they've had a really good tight end, and this is the draft to capitalize on it. I think they have receivers set. If they can get a guy in the middle rounds in, like you said, a deep tight end class, that makes a lot of sense for a team that is, as of right now, planning on bringing in Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback.
1: Right, um, and obviously some of these picks for them will be affected once that trade goes through, so we'll see how that goes. I think, obviously, the quibble is we don't want to give up a first round draft pick for, uh, Aaron Rodgers on his way to 38, 39 years old. And, um, obviously he'll be an upgrade on what they've had there at quarterback in, uh, recently. But if you're talking about, um, players then that makes sense for them, it's gotta be based on the fact that, that Rodgers is coming in. Uh, and that's what you're thinking. So, the team needs affect that. Who are some of the players then um, at offensive tackle, maybe at safety that they could address in this draft?
0: Well, they're more than likely going to be looking at left tackle. So you look at the top three guys, Paris, yeah. Johnson, Peter Skaransky and Broderick Jones. Uh, I, I would be shocked if all three of them are off the board when the jets are on the clock at 13. It's not impossible though. Cause you do have a lot of teams right. that could, you look at Houston, you look at Tennessee, you look at some of these teams that still could add one, even though they brought in pieces at that position. But I think, That is the area that the Jets go early on. Offensive line, it seems to be that they're going to keep that 13th pick as of right now, so it seems ideal because then you pretty much have your set on the offense for the most part. You could add an interior lineman on day two, look at a guy like Luke Whipler, maybe in the second or third round, depending on what picks they end up having to go up for Aaron Rodgers. But again, just fix that offensive line, Jets, and you
1: have a pretty good offense. I want to go back to the Patriots before we close out real quick, just to ask a question. We know the quarterback situation is murky at best. Talks of Bill Belichick trying to shop Mac Jones. If for some reason Will Levis is still on the board when the Patriots go on the clock, do they think about that? Or maybe some of the the guys that they're they're hunting uh at tackle or uh cornerback are already gone. Do they maybe trade back and go after a Hendon Hooker in this draft? Is is that something you could see them being played?
0: I don't see that as of right now because I believe that if the Patriots do move on for Mac Jones, it's because of their faith in Bailey Zappi or their belief that Bailey Zappi is just as good as Mac Jones. They're the same player. So why keep two of them? Sure. That said though, Lance Zerline and other people are coming out and saying that they could see this happening. So you can't rule it out entirely, but in my opinion, if I'm the Patriots, I'm addressing other positions and just moving
1: forward with Bailey Zappi. Sounds like a plan. That's going to do it for the AFC East NFL draft preview from the Fans First Sports Network. If you are looking for more previews, just keep an eye out. More will be popping up on draft feeds as we continue to climb through these NFL divisions. That's going to do it for us. It's Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar signing out for the Fans First Sports Network. Stop and check them out. The